God is in all, God is in you. I bow to that God in you. I would like to read from Conversations with Yogananda on the subject of evil, an interesting subject. In lectures, the Master would sometimes address a question people often ask concerning the nature and even the existence of evil and its purpose in the great scheme of things. There needs to be a villain, he explained, so that people will be inspired to love the hero. If, however, you act the villain's part, you will have to suffer his punishment. Joseph Stalin, he continued, was one such villain. The name Stalin means steel. Stalin's actual name at birth was Yosef Vissarionovich Jugashvili. God, I'm sure I got that one wrong. I had an opportunity once to meet his former chauffeur who told me when I was driving Stalin, I would often hear him repeat with great firmness the affirmation, I am Stalin, I am Stalin, I am steel. For the bad karma he acquired in this life, and also in previous lives, he will have to suffer a hundred thousand years. On several occasions, the Master told us Stalin, in a recent incarnation, was the ruthless conqueror, Genghis Khan. Devi Mukherjee, a Bengali disciple, responded to the Master's prediction regarding Stalin's punishment for past sins by exclaiming, Only so long, Master? As if a hundred thousand years were nothing at all. How long do you want someone to suffer? asked the Master. God is no tyrant. He loves all his children equally. And another saying, the Master responded to people according to the energy they projected. Often what they projected and the way he responded was very subtle. He once refused the application to the monastery of a young man who some of the monks felt was very sincere. If you could see his karma was all the Master added, all the Master said. The karma that we accrue is not our reality, and yet it is a part of the temporary reality that we create in this world of duality, of delusion. I said last time, I think it was, that there is no cause, there is nothing caused, all simply is a manifestation. But in this manifestation, there has to be duality. The waves have to appear, otherwise the ocean would be flat. Manifestation has to create the law of duality, and where there is an up, there will have to be a down. Where there is a plus, there has to be a minus. In this way, the one spirit manifests as diversity. In that diversity, you have the law of cause and effect. And the way that you behave definitely affects how you are. And so it is that my guru could look at somebody and immediately see what his karma was. 
immediately see whether he was right or not. People could pull the wool over your and my eyes, maybe, but not over his. The way you act is a very important thing, and you may wonder, now, why is it that I keep trying and trying and trying and not seeming to get anywhere? Well, sometimes a master can blast through that. I remember the brother of one of our monks at Mount Washington. He was a, a businessman, and he worked hard at being successful, but somehow, always, there was a block. And what uh, he went to the master and asked for his blessing, and the master de-jinxed him. That is to say, he took away that karmic block that somehow prevented him. No matter what he did, always something went wrong. Suddenly, from then on, everything went right. Well, a master can change your karma. Usually, he takes it on to himself, or often, I should say, perhaps not usually. But the karma is not just a burden that you're carrying from the past. It also contains the secret key to your own awakening. By working with your karma, don't be envious of other karmas. Don't wish that you were somebody else. Be grateful for who you are, because your lessons are the ones you have to learn. Each soul comes to God in a different way, at a different time. Each soul has implanted in it, this is the amazing thing about this universe, that in every soul there is individuality. Each one is himself. He will never be another person. You will always, now through all your incarnations, you've maybe been a pirate and a businessman, a housewife and a murderer and a generous person and king and beggar and all these things. You've been all these things, yes, but always in your way. So that there isn't as if everybody's a pirate the same way. No, you look at a boat full of pirates, I hope you never have to, but you'll see they're all the same. I mean, they're not all the same, they're all different. They're all in the same profession, each one is himself. And so you look around you and it's just amazing when you look at the streets of a big city. Two eyes, a nose, a mouth, what God has done with all that variety, or in another way of putting it, what we have done with all that variety, with all the little thoughts that we have had over many incarnations, they're all written there. All the actions that you have done, they're all written there. And the Master can see behind that mask and see who you really are. And when I saw my Guru teaching people, he always taught them for themselves. He gave a general teaching. I mean, Kriya Yoga is the same technique for all. Perhaps applied a little bit differently. He taught me a little bit differently from the way he taught somebody else. That's understandable. Basically, however, the truth is one. You never find that any scripture will say, well, my children, for a change, be dishonest. All basic teachings, scriptural teachings, are to be honest, kind, truthful, loving, forgiving, and all the various virtues. Nonetheless, they apply differently to each person. And that's where it's so important not to judge others. Not to say, well, you should be this way because I am this way. Let each one be himself. Let him grow in his own way. That was one of the most beautiful things I saw in living with my guru.
that he accepted everyone as he was. But that didn't mean he accepted them all as disciples. It didn't mean he accepted them all in the monastery. They had to come up to a certain standard of sincerity. He wasn't going to be fooled by show. But he did say that evil is a reality. Evil does exist because if you're going to have light, you're going to have darkness. And if you have light and darkness, you will have some people who are drawn to one and to another. And so, well, this is something from the life of Ramakrishna also, where there were some people just about to come and he got up and ran out of the room practically. He didn't want to be with them because they were too materialistic. They were basically evil people. Now you might say, well, but he should see God in everybody. Of course he can see God in everybody. A master isn't affected. He usually acts in such a way as to help us to understand how to act. In other words, what he was saying was don't be with evil people. Don't think, well, you can see God in them and convert them. You see, there's a principle of magnetism involved. The magnetism, if it's stronger than your magnetism, a strong evil magnetism will defeat a weak good magnetism. That's why it's a good practice in India not to shake hands. You, you namaskar, you 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 pranam to them. You don't you don't uh, um, or namaste to them. You don't uh, make it a point of having too close an association because there is a sort of interchange. I remember it was interesting. He used to say that when you shake hands with people, it's like creating a magnet. The upper part of the body becomes a magnet, and the lower part of the body becomes a magnet through the union of the hands, two horseshoe magnets. And he said that in the contact with people, there is a definite exchange of magnetism. Well, in America, people shake hands, and you can't easily get out of it. I have managed to persuade people that I do not like to hug people. I just don't like it. But I will at least do this, and I'll have to shake hands sometimes. But he told me, after the church service on Sundays in Hollywood, to shake hands with people as they were leaving, and those people would see me as his representative, and so they'd draw consciously from me in a way that they wouldn't normally, just shaking hands with people. And I said to Master afterwards, Sir, I don't. I don't like to shake hands with people like this. I feel dizzy afterwards. He gave me a very interesting answer. He said, that's because you're thinking of yourself. Think of God and let his blessings flow through you. And uh, I did that. I found that then I didn't feel dizzy. But the practice of not having too much communication with people who are certainly evil or materialistic is important. That's why... I've been so anxious to follow a, an ideal of his, which is to create communities. I've created seven communities in the West. I'd love to start communities here in India. If any of you understand this teaching deeply enough, you know what it's like mixing with people who are just of all sort of scrambled eggs of consciousness, various vibrations, worldly and ego and this thing and that thing. It's not so easy to think of God when you're surrounded with people who never think of him, who mock him. And you can say, well, I'm going to be strong in myself. But in the end, at the end of the day, you come back 
kind of limp. It's a wonderful thing. I can tell you from experience. We've had the first community I founded was in 1968. That's 30, what, six years ago. And uh, I've seen it work. I've seen the harmony there. And when somebody's having a hard time, you don't find people gossiping and snickety and, oh, look at him like that. No, they try to help him. It's so beautiful to see that everybody is working together for the general good. And if somebody is ill, they go to the hospital, they bring him flowers, they pray for him, they do everything they can. There was a woman in the hospital just a, two or three years ago dying of cancer, and she was surrounded by devotees from the community, and all were chanting to God. And it was a wonderful thing to see the nurses, the doctors, everybody in the hospital. They couldn't understand what a beautiful thing was happening. They were so thrilled, so impressed. Because this woman who should be weeping, she's leaving this world, she was leaving joyfully. I, had, I was in Italy at the time, and I talked to her on the, on the phone. And it was so wonderful to hear her spirit. But you don't get that so easily in the world. You find a few stalwart, strong people who have that. But when you find a whole community helping you that way, or as I was saying a few days ago, when a couple get married, and they don't, we don't make money there. We have a, a very different kind of community. Often the boss of a, of a business will make less money than one of his people working under him because he doesn't need as much as that. We don't reward by money. We reward by the joy that you get in serving God. And with that spirit, everybody pitches in. Well, you know when you can mix with people who have that kind of group dynamic of being here for God, being here to live for truth, being here to help one another, then you see what magnetism does. People come from far away places, yes, India, Taiwan, everywhere. Because, and we get many letters saying, our lives are blessed just knowing that you people are there. And they come and they experience that. And another wonderful thing you see is that people come all careworn, full of the lines of the world and the, oh, the bitterness, the anguish, the concerns, the all the things that come with being involved in worldly things. The marvelous thing is to see that in just a few days, their expressions change. They become more trustful. If we could make the world like that, how wonderful it would be, but you can't impose it on people. Whereas you can, if you create communities, offer an example where people seeing it, not just one person here, one person there, and they think, well, it's he who's that way. But you see a group of people like that, and you say, oh, it's what they're doing that makes them that way. And when people feel that and see it, then they think, well, it is possible. I can do it. Maybe I can do it. Why shouldn't I do it? And so other communities start. We have a 1,000 people living in those communities. That's not a lot, but it's a good beginning. One moon, they say, gives more light than all the stars. One group of people living in harmony creates more harmony in the world than all sorts of people going on peace marches and shouting angrily about what the government ought to do and all that stuff. 
change yourself. And you'll find it a lot easier to change yourself if you can be, it, be in harmony with others who are also trying the same thing. We're on the eve of a great change, and that change will be a change in the hearts of people, of individuals. The more we can spread this thing, it'll spread like wildfire in the end. Yes, we're on the eve of a change in this world. It may come through suffering, I think it will, but in the end, we're at a time when the world is going to come to a new level. We're not sinking into a darker and darker yuga, no. I'll talk about that sometime soon. We're coming into a better age, an age of en relative enlightenment, not yet enlightenment, but man is ready for something more. What man needs more than anything else is God. May he bless you. Lord Most High, our Heavenly Father, all our lives we dedicate to Thee, all our labors, all our joys and woes, all our pleasure, all our melody. Make us each a channel of thy peace. When in darkness, guide us from above. Where there's sorrow, may we sow thy joy. Where there's hatred, may we share thy Lord, most high, our heavenly Father, all our lives we dedicate to Thee, all our labors, all our joys and woes, all our pleasure, all our Yeah.